On your journey through life, you are the hero. There are times, however, when it is beneficial to have an advisor to guide you along your path. Welcome to the Smart Money Simplified Podcast with Brent Mikosh, certified financial planner, certified investment management analyst, and co-founder of MP Advisors, LLC. In this podcast, Brent discusses some of the most important and interesting topics of the day as they relate to finance, the economy, and beyond. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Smart Money Simplified with Brent Mikosh. Brent, what is going on? It's Monday morning here in Arizona. It's overcast. Uh, It's going to be a beautiful week, though, and our guest is not in Arizona. Our guest is in Ontario, Canada. Oh, which is right. slightly different in March than we are here. So, Probably Jeffrey, how is everything in Canada today? Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, things are looking on the up and up, but I tell you, the week gets even better. You know, Brent, you and I, maybe we'll have a little weather competition when I'm back in my home away from home in Hollywood, Florida. <laughs> exactly. Also a great place. I'll tell you, I, I uh, grew up in the Northeast and lived for years in New York City, and I'm never leaving the Sun Belt. I would absolutely live in Florida. <laughs> I love it here in Arizona. I'm not going back to that weather, but hey, Thank you uh, so much for, for joining us, Jeffrey. And I think that, uh, you know, Eric, to your point, what do we got going on today? You know, there's so much great information out there and there's so many ways that people can learn how to do things. But a lot of times it's really valuable to learn from someone who's been through the experience. And when you're talking about something as important, uh, important as growing and seeing an ultimate liquidity event from your business, think about it. all the business owners out there that might be listening, the hours, the labor, the effort, the, the blood, sweat and tears that you put into growing this thing. When it does come time to make that exit or to look to that, look towards that next stage in life, it can be extremely helpful uh, to follow somebody that's been there before. So with that intro, Jeffrey Felberg, he's from the Deep Wealth Experience. He has been through this and having gone through this kind of experience himself, he, he, it prompted him to, to put his program together. So, so Jeffrey, I'm going to hand it over to you. And first, I guess, let's start with this. Tell us a bit about yourself and, and how you are where you are today. Yeah, thanks so much, Brenta. An honor to be here. And for all the listeners, thank you so much. Hopefully, the listeners will come out today, Brent, with some new strategies and insights that will be a game changer for them. So the the quick about me, the, the story behind the story, entrepreneur through and through, and always knew I'd be in business for myself. And I put that to the test when I graduated from my MBA program, fresh out of school, no money, no experience, no team. And yes, living out of the parents' attic. So I checked all the boxes for those entrepreneurial stories. (laughs) Not the basement, the attic, but, you know, close enough. Might as well have been. And I was failing forward. I made a new best friend, otherwise known as failure. My saving grace was my grit and my passion. It kept me in the game long enough that my e-learning company, Embanet, it became successful. And here's where things got interesting. And this is why we're going to be speaking today. I almost became a statistic and not in a good way. What do I mean by that? Had a knock at the door. It was from a Fortune 10 buyer, actually very smart and experienced and gave me a seven-figure offer. And Brent, I got to tell you, my friends, my family were jumping up and down. Jeffrey, you did it. Look at this. All those days of living in your parents' attic, it paid off. And to everyone's dismay, particularly the buyer, I said no. I said no to the seven-figure offer. I said yes to how do you master the art and the science of something called a liquidity event. Two fancy words. I know what I like about them. If you're going public, if you want to have 100% out, you're done. If you want to take some chips off the table, if you want to raise capital, bring some investors, liquidity event covers it all. 
And so I went out there and spoke to business owners that really hit it out of the park, a grand slam. But I knew from my early days of failure that failure often teaches us more than success. And I found business owners that just dropped the ball, the most important financial decision of a lifetime. They blew it. And long story short, put together a system, put that system to the test. Myself, my business partners were very fortunate when we said yes to a nine-figure deal. And Brent, here's the kicker. Same business, same everything. We didn't acquire companies. We didn't really do anything that much different. The big difference, though, was the preparation and the system. And openly, Brent, that's where right now I should be on some beach having a pina colada, just kicking up the feet and, and relaxing. But when other business owners started reaching out, hey, Jeffrey, how do you do that? Can you help me? What should I do? And I looked around and I didn't see any kinds of solutions. I saw a lot of solutions, expensive ones done by people who had never done it before. And to me, it's like saying, Jeffrey, teach me how to fly a plane but I've never flown a plane. We're not gonna have a good ending there. And so that's when myself and my business partner said, okay, let's take our system, let's make it accessible and available. Let's even make it better. Let's take our failures, reverse engineer them, and put them into what we now call the nine-step roadmap, the Default nine-step roadmap through our Default experience. And that's what we do today is help business owners capture the best deal so they can get financial freedom. And Brent, two last things, and I'll turn it back to you two statistics and they are not good remember i said i was almost a statistic uh, myself up to 90 percent of liquidity events fail so think about that the largest most important financial decision of a lifetime goes off the rails and it fails and of the quote-unquote successful ones and success in quotations the business owners that get some kind of liquidity event they're leaving 50% to over 100% of the deal value in the buyer's pocket. And if that sounds crazy, just look no further than yours truly. If I would have said yes to seven figures, I would have been leaving all those zeros for the nine figures in the buyer's pocket. So that's what I do, and that's what Deep Wealth is all about. So let me ask you this. So you're obviously, anybody that's grown a business, they understand the challenges. And you, you went through that. You did that. You get this offer. What, where did, did you have any kind of a prior knowledge base that led you to believe that seven figures wasn't going to cut it for this business, that it was worth more? It's a great question. Friends, let me answer your question with another question. It's a rhetorical one sure. that needs to be asked. How do you master a game you've never played before? And, and the short answer is that you can't. It, it's impossible unless you surround yourself with people that did. So for all the listeners out there that are the number types, you know, quantifiable, spreadsheets, formulas, calculations, my answer is going to drive you nuts. Brent, I didn't know exactly what the value of the company was, but I had an instinct. I call it God. Some people call it the universe, the quantum field, gut instinct, whatever you'd like to call it. This inner voice, I said, Jeffrey, this isn't right. You can do better. Take the journey. Find out how you can do better. And that's what led me to say no. Was your partner on board? Because you had a business partner at the time. I actually had two business partners. Okay. Leska and Steve, Steve Wells. And all of us were on board. And, you know, partway through, when we got the knock at the door, again, that sixth sense, little voice in my head said, Jeffrey, the business person who said, hey, let's figure out a way that we can work together or partner together or, you know, do some kind of collaboration. It's going to turn into 
some kind of offer to buy the company, just be careful, just be weary. I, I mean, this person, and no judgments here, Brent, you know, very smart, buys companies all day long. That's yep. all, and that's really what any buyer does. And for the listeners, you know, Brent, another somewhat rhetorical question, what's the worst offer that you can get for your business? And, and the answer is an unsolicited offer. That's why they're so popular with buyers. They know you're not prepared. They're going to find all those. That's skeletons. very interesting. I don't mean to interrupt absolutely, you, but I, I have never considered that. That's a great point. Actually, Brent, I've, I've only, at least in my circles and the business owners I've spoken to, I've only heard one time where an unsolicited offer was the best offer. And, and quickly, I was very fortunate. I met one of the founders of Waze, you know, the navigation uh, app. And he said, I got this fax from Google for a billion dollars with a B. I had 24 hours to answer. And I thought about it. I said, oh, I, I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, an unsolicited offer is not the best way to go. And for the listeners out there, here's why. Imagine you're thinking about selling your house, but you haven't done the preparation. You haven't brought on board a real estate agent. You haven't staged the house. You're just in your house. You get a knock at the door. Someone wants to buy the house. You've got no idea what's going on. You haven't prepared. Well, the buyer has prepared, whether it's your house or your business, the buyer has done the diligence, knows what's going on, knows what to look for, what to say, what not to say. You don't stand a chance. Now, so you decide this seven-figure offer. Mm -hmm. Your gut is telling you, God, the universe, that this is not the right deal. To all of a sudden go from running your business and focusing on what you're your core aptitude is every single day to, to now diving into how do I value this thing? Mm -hmm. That's kind of one of those things I think about that. And where do you start? You know, so how did you now start your process to determine the true value of your business and find the right buyer? Well, let's take it to the very end and work backwards. And yeah. what I love about the deep wealth system, yes, I've drunk the Kool-Aid and hopefully you will and the listeners will as well. What's unique about our system, we don't care about the value because the value doesn't matter if you're not around to appreciate it. And so the nine-step roadmap, the Deep Wealth nine-step roadmap, it's doing two things at the same time. Number one, it's helping you grow the business. And part of growing the business, step number four of our nine-step roadmap, it's an internal audit, what some people call due diligence. And at Deep Wealth, we have a joke, how do you see a grown person cry? Mention two words, due diligence. So yeah. step number four, you're finding those really dangerous skeletons in the closet and you're either removing them or you're dealing with them, but you know about them. They're not going to put you out of business. And also with step four, you're finding what we call these incredible hidden Rembrandts in the attic, things that you're world class in and you put them out for public display. And so while you're growing your business, at the same time, you're preparing for a future liquidity event. You may never have a liquidity event. You may keep it as a multi-generational family business, if that's your thing. Or you may have a liquidity event a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Whatever it is, you grow the business. And what's so wrong with having a thriving and profitable business? You can keep it forever or sell it tomorrow. Both terrific choices, but the point is you have a choice. And that's what I love about the system we created for ourselves and now what other business owners are the benefactors of growing their business and preparing for an eventual liquidity event. I think you bring up a great point there in terms of, you know, you go to sell a house, you want to fix all the stuff up that, that you had to live with before you decide to sell the house. And, uh, you know, this idea of really looking at your business in a way that what is going to attract a buyer, what's going to maximize the wealth in this thing and doing it before you have to do that, I think is pretty powerful. 
So, so take me through, so you have now your nine figure exit, you decide that you want to put together now this roadmap for people following you take, take me through what that looks like those nine steps quickly to, to go through it. We step number one, it's the big picture. What's going on in the business? What's going on in your industry? Some people call them blind spots. We call them inflection points. If you don't see an inflection point, it can put you out of business. If you see an inflection point, you can put yourself out of business to go into a bigger business, a better business, create a market disruption. And so that's what we always start with. And by the way, the big picture, through the steps, step number one, big picture, it's done in every one of the other steps. The other two steps that are done in every one of the other steps, it's step number eight, skeletons and Rembrandts, and then step number nine, a launch plan. But from step one, we go to step number two, and it's step number two for a very deliberate reason. We call it X factors that insanely increase the value of your business. Nothing more frustrating for me when I speak to a fellow business owner and I say, hey, what makes you different? And the standard response is usually nothing. We're the same as the competition. Different name, same blank, different company. You can fill in what the blank is. Couldn't be further from the truth. Every business is world-class in at least three areas, if not more. And so step number two is identifying, okay, what are we world-class in that we know about but what are the areas that we've overlooked that we take for granted that we're not quite sure about? And a quick example that Brent in my own company, Embanet, we had 10 year exclusive long-term contracts. I thought, okay, yeah, whatever. It's nice. Nice to have. Once I started learning about this crazy and wacky world called M&A and what buyers look for, which is step number three, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. I realized Wow, how powerful these contracts are. Because for step number three, you'll take your X factors, you'll take your Rembrandts. Step number three, we master the art of how do you think like your future buyer? And no knock against business owners, and I'm one of them. And I was like this. Most business owners, all they care about the future buyer is the proverbial check going to clear. Am I going to get the wire? Do they have the money to close a deal? we stop that and we flip it of okay what's your buyer looking for what do they need why would they want to and i'm going to make an assertion here some people are going to agree but it it's fact not fiction we make decisions to buy something based on emotion first and we justify it with logic later so whether it's a hundred dollar sweater or a hundred million dollar company or a billion dollar company or a car or uh, who knows what? Fill in the blank. The emotions tell us we're going to buy it or not buy it. And then later on, we justify that with logic. So when mastering the art of thinking like a future buyer, we learn all about the narrative. How do we tell the story, our origin story? How do we highlight the really exciting parts about the business? And part of thinking like a buyer, when we head into step number four, due diligence, the internal audit, we're looking for those business killers. We're looking for those areas that let's take care of it in advance of the liquidity event because what does every buyer on the planet want? They want two things and they go hand in hand. They want to, number one, lower the risk so that, number two, they can increase the return on investment. A buyer is not a charity. They're in business to be in charity like mm -hmm. all of us. So the due diligence, when we find those skeletons ahead of time, we can show up to the liquidity event with a clean slate. We're not in a situation, this is why unsolicited offers are, are terrible, 
where a buyer says, hey, Jeffrey, we found A, B, C, D, and E, and we know your company was worth this, but because of these things, we got to put a 40% penalty or 20% penalty or 70% penalty, pick the number. So we eliminate all that. But we're not done because in step number five, and what I love about our, our process is we focus on the art side of business, the art side of a liquidity event, and most people focus on more the science, the hard facts, the data. But I gotta tell you, the magic happens, the catapulting of the enterprise value happens on the art side. And step number five is a mindset, a winning mindset specifically. How do we protect ourselves from deal fatigue? How do we get all of our team members, all of our advisors on the same page as us to have the same winning mindset? And Brent, openly, each one of these could be a podcast episode on its own. I'm glossing <laughs> That's over That's exactly them. what I was thinking. <laughs> and, you know, let's, let's round things out quickly here. Step number six, the advisory team. Outside of yourself, you know, for all the listeners, Brent's going to be your wealth advisor. That's a done deal. Check the box. But for the other advisors, where do you find them? And how do you know that they're the best advisor, not any advisor? And that's one of the things that we really focus on with the nine-step roadmap. You've got to stop believing and you have to start knowing. You have to have certainty. So we have questions, we have scorecards, we share where to look. And at times we're even the matchmaker where we'll put the business owner in front of all the advisors that they get to choose from. So you put your advisory team together and it's a wonderful quote, I didn't invent it, I wish I did. When the team works, the dream works. And so your team is absolutely everything. And for the listeners, one actionable takeaway, you may be tempted to say, well, listen, you know, my business lawyer knows the business, knows what I'm all about, they're gonna do the deal. Well, if you wanna capture the best deal, they're not gonna do the deal. They can be part of the deal, but you wanna get a specialist in each area. Just like Brent, you're a specialist when it comes to wealth management and advising and all those wonderful things that you do, that's all that you do. And we want the same thing with all the other advisors. And then step number seven, timing and execution. When do you say it? What do you say? And timing is absolutely everything. If you speak too early, you could kill the deal. If you speak too late, you could really hurt yourself. And then everything that we've done, just to start rounding this out here, step number eight, every step, let's find those skeletons, remove them. Let's find those Rembrandts, put them out for public display. And then step number nine, every step along the way, we've built a very specific launch plan that's for our business. Here's my contention. You can bring on the most successful, the most expensive management consultant. He or she will never know the business as well as us, the business owner. But... We may have the answers, we don't have the questions. And so for the launch plan, we're giving questions that have the business owners really look at the business in a different light, through a different lens, and come up with very specific plans that they and the team and outside experts will be helping them with in terms of doing all this so that when you show up to your liquidity event, you're prepared, you're ready, and you're set to go. It's so many good points there to dive into. And um, if I can kind of pick a few of them apart because mm -hmm. I want to get a little bit more detail on i'll tell you I've, I've found in my life too when you talk about people making purchasing decisions emotionally and not logically and i know that in my business you know often uh i've, I've been guilty of this in the past and a lot of my counterparts are you know you're guilty of leading with that trying to fire those logic chips off but it, it's really the emotion that is going to cement and seal that relationship that makes sense for me in terms of being in, in really what's what's a people business, a one-on-one -on -one business. Tell me how that relates to selling a multi-million dollar enterprise, that emotional buy from, from people that you would think 
wouldn't have that. You would think private equity firm coming in or pure financial buyer is not going to have that emotion. But I believe you when you say they do. Can you give me an example of that? Absolutely. Well, look no further than yours truly. And so the, the story on that one is was I have terrific investment bankers. We're friends still to this day. I have the utmost respect for them. But I remember this one meeting and I said to them, you know, just give me a range. What do you think the value of our company is? And they said, well, you know, Jeffrey, look, we'll take that back. We'll come back to you. And they came back and they said, yeah, we ran it through our numbers and our formulas and this, and we're going to put you somewhere between A and B. And I, I looked at them and I said, okay, I hear you. I don't agree with you. We're going to do better than that. And I said, Jeffrey, sure, you know, look, we, we like you. Obviously, we're working together with you. But the enterprise value is nothing more than a formula and a spreadsheet. That, that's it. So you can do, do whatever you want, <laughs> but you're not going to exceed this. I said, oh, okay, let us do our, our, our thing on our side. And, you know, let's say it was, it was a, a friendly handshake to see where it was going to come out. And so we applied the system that we spoke about. And, and in speaking to a buyer, you want, to, as a business owner, you want to share a narrative that gets them excited you know, a buyer knows what you did today. They know what your business did yesterday. They don't care about that. What they care about, what is your business going to do tomorrow onwards? You may not have all the experience. You may have even failed in some areas, but you can put together a narrative that shows the possibilities that has a buyer excited. And then you learn about the buyer. We have a whole process in learning about the buyer. And, and we have a competitive bid where all the buyers are coming together and we're selecting the top buyers to take to the next level of the liquidity event. And you're learning about the buyers. You're asking very specific questions. You're learning as a buyer, as a business, what motivates that person, what they're looking for, how your business can solve that problem, how your business can make the buyer look like a hero, take that company to the next level. And when you put all that together, that's what makes the difference. Back to our liquidity event, sure enough, when the bids came in, they exceeded the investment bankers enterprise value or the valuation they'd put together for us because we applied the system because we knew how to think like a buyer well i think what you the point you bring up there that really resonates with me is you know the numbers today are what the numbers today are but you're right it's that vision for the future and and, and how how can you captivate people i guess to, to buy into that no, no pun intended now a couple of times you've you mentioned as well <clears throat> some of the skeletons that, that might be in the closet that can totally kill a deal can you give us some ideas of, of what some of those may be or what some of the biggest pitfalls that people you've worked with have, have run into? Because it's usually stuff you don't know or you're not thinking of or you've just kind of shoved it in the corner because you didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. It can really run the gamut. It could be something as extraneous as there's some tax issues that you're not aware of, maybe some back taxes. You inadvertently, not intentionally, didn't pay some taxes that you weren't even aware of. And now there's all kinds of interest and penalties and taxes going on. Maybe there's going to be an industry change. You're just not keeping on top of regulation of what's going on. That's going to be an issue. There's other kinds of things. It could be what we call EBITDA adjustments. This is one area where most business owners really drop the ball. And as business owners, we run the business oftentimes as a lifestyle business it will pay for hopefully justifiable business expenses you, you've spoken to your accountants and everything's above board you know but maybe we have a company retreat in exotic locations because that's what we like maybe the company has seasons tickets to whatever a sporting event a cultural kind of event 
maybe we tend to buy more capital equipment. Maybe we tend to overstock, whatever it may be. Maybe we don't pay ourselves a salary. Maybe we're overpaying ourselves a salary. Maybe we're not paying ourselves rent when we own the building or we're paying too much rent. Whatever it is, what we want to do is we want to find those, identify them. And when we show up to the liquidity event, we want to run the business as though we're not there. So instead of during the liquidity event saying, look, you know what, I have three times the amount of inventory. We don't really need it, but it's there for my peace of mind. You, don't, you know, Mr. or Ms. Buyer, you don't really need that. Hmm. And the buyer will look at you and say, well, I don't believe you. So we're going to keep the inventory levels in. We're not going to accept your EBITDA adjustment. Right, and right. You know, that, that can be painful. So the list goes on and on, but that's the whole point about a skeleton. It's a blind spot. And the sooner we can find out about that, the, the better. And, and we're not, Brent, going through this on our own. We have our advisory team surrounding us that we do it once, we do it right, and we find what we need to find. You mentioned, again, uh, some really great points in terms of you know, two things. First, making sure from, from a tax, regulatory, compliance perspective, everything is up to speed. And so let's touch on that first. I mean, how – and you need a team around you to help you mm -hmm. do that. I know here, you know, obviously, Raymond James, you've got a phenomenal compliance team that, that uh, I couldn't do the compliance in this business mm -hmm. myself if we didn't have everybody you know, in St. Petersburg that was helping us out with it. What are some of the things that you look for in terms of finding a an outside advisor or a member of this team as you begin to now form this company or form a business into something that you're ready to to potentially float out there in the world? Absolutely. Let's hit some of the bigger points because, again, that question you and I could just spend the entire episode talking about. For an advisor, whether it's an investment banker or an M&A lawyer or a quality of earnings specialist, a tax specialist, what you want to find out is, number one, you don't want to be the proverbial biggest fish in the pond. You don't want to be the smallest fish in, in the pond. You want to be in the sweet spot of that firm for the size of deal that you're doing. So as an example, let's just use some round numbers here. Your deal is going to be a nice round $100 million. You wouldn't want to work with a firm that specializes in deals that are 40 or $50 million. You're too big. They may miss some things. But you wouldn't want to also on the flip side work with a firm that only works on 500 million to a billion plus. Now you're too small. You're not going to get their attention. So you want to find firms and advisors that have the deal experience within the deal range that you're doing. You want to find advisors who have a track record of success. And there's all kinds of questions. We have 26 questions that you go through and you have a scorecard, you and your team to go through that. But here's the biggest one, and let's do a quick thought experiment when it comes to, well, should I hire this advisor or not? Thought experiment is this. Imagine you're going to be taking a business trip. Maybe you're going to be flying out with that advisor to see a prospective buyer. Who knows what it is? You're on the plane. You're getting ready for takeoff. Plane stops. Captain comes on and says, ladies and gentlemen, we have a mechanical problem. We're not able to go back to the gate. We're going to have to sit here on the runway until the part is brought in. It's being flown in. And we're going to be here, unfortunately, for six to eight hours. <laughs> so you're now stranded on this plane next to this advisor. After the first five minutes, are you crawling out of your skin, out of boredom, or this person's driving me nuts, I can't stand this person, or do the eight hours go by and it's like, oh, wow, time's already passed. Look at that. Okay. And you've just enjoyed your time with that advisor. Chemistry is everything. Again, the world's most 
successful and experienced advisor. If the chemistry is not there, they're not the best advisor for you. So many of the things you're touching on today, we're talking, these are all soft items. You know, you're talking about the emotion of a sale. You're talking about the chemistry of the people you're working with. And um, I think that that's, that's, that's really where I think a lot of the juice in any business relationship is. And I love the fact that you're continuing to, to you're attacking that from, from somewhat, somewhat different, different uh, angles, but I think it's, it's really, really fascinating in terms of advisors. I would, I would agree with you hundred percent with that. One of my, um, and you tell me if you agree with this or not, one of some of the advice that I w might give a young guy that comes up to me and says, you know, Hey Brent, I just met this woman. Should I marry this woman? And like, obviously I can't tell them whether they should or not, but I will say this, that, that all of those character traits that you love and maybe some of the character traits that are not your favorite, they're not going to change. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. The question is, do they work with you? Do they work with your personality? Is it, is it something that's, um, that you feel like that's, uh, you have to get a kick out of it's, it. It's not the annoying thing. It's, it's the quirk that makes them, them and unique. You think that's almost similar in a way, or am I getting almost a little bit too esoteric there in terms of describing, describing somebody that, that you would have as an advisor on a deal like this? Brent, you're, as always, you're spot on with that. And, you know, one other point that you and I have spoken offline about, as a business owner, coming to you as early as possible is the best thing I can do as a business owner. And you and I have spoken offline how there's a myth amongst business owners that, well, I have to have a lot of zeros in the bank or I have to be, right. quote unquote, really rich to have someone like Brent work with me. And actually, it's the opposite. The sooner you can start, the better you can start, the more you can do for that person. And it's the same thing with the other advisors. When you can have the opportunity to work with an advisor before a liquidity event, well before a liquidity event, you have a chance to, in, in your analogy, go on a few dates. You know, you kick the mm -hmm. tires. Is this going to work? There's a lot less at stake. Let's compare that now to most business owners. What do they do? They wake up one day uh, saying, okay, you know what? I, I think I'm going to sell the business. They call an investment banker. They're now in market. And oh, geez, you know what? I don't like such and such advisor. Yeah, you're in it. <laughs> uh, too late. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't stop it. I've already spent all this time and money. There's, I, I just got to move forward with it. Oh my goodness, look at these mistakes. And I, I just don't like it. it. It's too late. But when you give yourself time, and that, that's what I love about preparation, and that's the first part of the nine-step roadmap, the preparation, the growing of the company, it's the gift that keeps on giving because you're giving yourself time. Because when you start a liquidity event, congratulations, you have a second full-time job called a liquidity event. So while you're running the business, and by the way, some of your projections that the buyer will ask you to put together will take place during the liquidity event. So all eyes are on you. There's a tremendous amount of pressure the more you can do in advance of the liquidity event, the less pressure, the more time you're saving, you're saving your health, the list goes on and on, the better off you're going to be. And so back to the advisor question, the more time you can work with an advisor, you develop more confidence and certainty. Yes, this is the absolute best advisor in whatever area to take me into the liquidity event. I think that we're going to be looking at a lot more of these kind of deals in the next decade or so, because mm -hmm. I did have the number, I saw these numbers, a month or two ago, and I've got it, I've got it following my computer somewhere. And I wish I pulled them out before our conversation, but it talks about if you're talking about businesses in that 25 to say a hundred, $150 million range, the vast, vast majority of those are owned by boomers. They're owned by people mm -hmm. that are in their sixties that are, that are, that are thinking about the next stage in their life. 
in many cases, maybe their kids are involved. Maybe mm-hmm. their kids are not involved. Maybe the kids mm-hmm. don't want to be involved. But there has, there's going to have to be some kind of a transition, whether it's potentially the employees, it's a financial bar, it's a growth partner. You know, who knows what it is. But it, it's, I believe, Jeffrey, I, I, I should have pulled this out, but I believe it's in excess of 50% of people in that demographic. So we're talking about, you know, pretty big businesses here that have been successful that are looking at some kind of an exit within five to 10 years. And I think the number might even be higher. When do they need to start thinking about, okay, how do I prepare this thing? How do I prepare this thing to get sold? Or how do I prepare sure. this thing to transition? So it's a great question. And Brent, the Japanese proverb comes to mind as you ask that question, when was the best time to plant a tree? It was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. And just like with yourself, Brent, if I come to you today, okay, Brent, I'm going to have an exit in five years, in 10 years, in three years, but I start working with you today, you're going to put together a wealth strategy for me that's going to minimize taxes. It's going to really maximize as best as anyone can my wealth opportunity. And so when the liquidity event happens, we're set, we're ready. If there's some hiccups along the way, we've worked through that together. We've gotten to know each other. It just creates a win-win all the way through. And same thing with the business, whether it's 10 years away, 20 years away, three generations away, the best time to prepare is today because let's ask another question. If there's going to be a family transition, and it's not, not always, but if there is, do we want to hand a business in shambles to the next generation or do we want to hand it over in peak form? It's at its absolute best or heaven forbid something happens, you know, business owner gets sick or they have the ultimate exit and they're no longer here. Mm-hmm. That's or, a huge one that people often uh, yeah, overlook so much. You know, who wants to think about anyone's own demise? When you start that preparation, the wheels are in motion. You've gone through that nine-step roadmap. You've checked all the boxes. Now you're simply doing best practices. Heaven forbid something happens, the business already runs without you. That's another huge skeleton that most business owners are, are guilty of, myself included. In the early days of my business, if you abducted me with aliens, the business wouldn't be there by the time I got back. So the earlier you start preparing, the better chance you are of, of having your business still survive and thrive and prosper and to get the best deal instead of any deal. And I'll throw another stat. You hear stats of businesses failing within the first three to five years, 50 to 60%. That's not the real stat. The real stat is, 12 to 13 years later, the failure rate of businesses is 75%. I'm rounding up a little bit, but let's call it 75%. What's the root cause of the failure? Cash flow. Other things came up in the business. The business wasn't saleable, or they couldn't bring in the right kind of investors, or they couldn't get that loan to keep the business afloat. Why? Let's dig behind those reasons. The business wasn't prepared. They weren't able to deal with those skeletons or those issues that, that came up. So time can work against us when we're not prepared. And when it's prepared, when we are prepared, time is our friend. One more quick story. Let's go back to the pandemic, not too far back. Who would have thought that you could have the deal of a lifetime during a worldwide pandemic? That's exactly what happened. Basic demand supply. Businesses that could have sold, weren't ready, weren't available. The demand to buy businesses was still there private equity, they've got to use it or lose it. And so who who benefited? The business that were ready. They had the demand work in their favor and the enterprise value for businesses shot through the roof. So when you're ready, 
You can't time the market, but right. you can time when you do go into market. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing in my mind as somebody that is listening to this, you know, at home or in the car or perhaps in their office, they've got a business that they've been working on now for 30, 35 years. Mm -hmm. It's been successful. They've got a couple hundred employees. And as a business owner, you care deeply about the people that are working for you. I've, I've never met a successful business owner that doesn't have an enormous amount of um, of of care and buy-in for the good of their employees. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to you, Jeffrey. And I'm saying, I haven't thought about any of this stuff. You know, I, I I love my job. I love my business. I want to keep working on this for another decade or more. But you know what? I, I'm not prepared here. What does it look like to now call call the Deep Wealth Experience up, call you up and say, you know what? I maybe I'm not even interested in selling my business tomorrow, but I do know that I haven't checked, I haven't checked these nine boxes in terms mm -hmm. of, of prepping. Give me an idea of what it's like to engage with you guys. What is what does the education look like? Like what does the whole system look like? Sure. And, you know, to ask some rhetorical questions, I'll put them out there and then we'll talk about yeah. what's involved. And let's take a liquidity event off the table because for some business owners, geez, Jeffrey, I, I can't imagine life without my business. You know, and I maybe 30, 40 down the road, 30, 40 years down the road, I, I'll do something. But for now, I, I don't want to do that. Okay, that's fine. Well, let me ask you this. Is financial freedom important to you? Are you prepared to gamble with your financial future? Do you want to continue to grow your profits? you want to thrive? Are you tired of having the golden handcuffs? Would you rather work on your business instead of in your business and really enjoy the benefits of owning a business for the reasons that you started, but you haven't been able to do that? And so for all those reasons and more, and, and Brent, to your point, do you want to ensure the well-being of your team, your employees who depend on you, who depend on the business for their livelihood? And I know they're all rhetorical questions. Of course, the answer is yes to all of those. So what does that look like? Is 90 days of your time worth it to not gamble with your future? Is 90 days of your time worth it to really lock in your financial freedom, your financial independence? And that's really what's at stake here. Are you prepared to spend, give or take, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes a day when you're in the deep wealth experience to go through it? And to be clear, Brent, on day 91, has, has a business owner sold the business? No, no, not, not at all. On day 91, you've gone through the nine steps. You've mastered the nine step roadmap. These are the exact steps that I either with my business partner hit out of the park or we failed at reverse engineered so you can hit it out of the park. It's the same strategies, the same steps that other business owners have now done as well. And you now begin that process on your own time, your own schedule, to begin to implement. There are 27 launch plans. It's really 26, we threw in a bonus. There's 27 launch plans to get your business to the point where you maximize growth. You set yourself up to create a market disruption, put yourself out of a smaller business so you can go into a bigger business. And that's what you wanna work on. And whether a liquidity event is there or not there, it doesn't matter. You have the tools, you have the strategy, and now you're all set to go. And do you have people that are that are joining you for this program that have no intention of selling their business? I mean, I think I think the answer is probably yes, but they're just looking. You know what? They're I'm, I got my head down. I'm grinding every single day. They're, I'm not looking. I'm not taking because I I thoroughly believe in taking the time to step back and look at your business. Is this something that you think is um is is meaningful and useful as well for people that even you know don't have no intention of ever making a sale? 
That's a great question. We've had the gamut. We've had it all. People who literally want to sell as soon as possible. People who have no intentions of selling, but they want to ensure that there is a business to hand off to the next generation. High-tech companies, low-tech companies, manufacturing companies, SaaS-based companies, everything in between have gone through. The startup companies have all gone through this with different intentions. And what I love about our system, because they're best practices, because their strategies were industry agnostic, yes, the industry may change, the business may change, but the strategies are adapted and applied to get the business to the next level. So how do people find you? How do they, how do they find you in the Deep Wealth Experience? Well, Brent, normally I would say come to the website, but this is you, this is me. We're on a very special podcast. I'm your guest. Thank you so much. Email me directly, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, at deepwealth.com, D-E-E-P-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. I answer my own emails personally. Would love to get an email, have a conversation. For us at Deep Wealth, it's more about paying it forward, helping, putting people in a better position. And ultimately, Brent, you and I want the same thing for our clients. We want peace of mind for them. We want them to go to bed at night knowing, hey, I'm doing everything I possibly can. There are no guarantees, but I've got peace of mind because I'm prepared. I have the right team around me. I'm doing all the right things and we'll take care of things as they happen, but I've got peace of mind. And when we do that, it's a wonderful thing to have happen out there. And I'll throw it out there. We have this crazy vision at Deep Wealth. It's our, it's our mission. It's what gets me out of bed that we can literally change the social fabric of society one business owner at a time, one liquidity event at a time by preventing business owners because we're the change makers. We make the world go round. We solve painful problems. We find better tomorrows. We can save business owners from becoming a statistic that they shouldn't be. And I, I completely uh, agree with you on that. And that's a, it's a fantastic and, and wonderful goal. How many people, if you're going through this program, how many other business owners are in your, is there a class? Is it, is it, is it, is there set classes or is it just the info is up online and people are accessing it that way? Well, remember my background is e-learning and you know, my company, Embinet, uh, still very proud of what was done, what's still being done really helped to write some of the best practices for the industry. So we've created the best of both worlds. It's completely online. It's at your time, your convenience. You'll go through the strategies as you have the time to do that. And we have a, a suggested schedule and a roadmap of what to do. But at the same time, it can be lonely at the top. And this is where we have live mastermind group meetings. And our only focus, whether you're part of a CEO, peer group, and other groups, we're complimentary to them because we are so narrowly focused on that liquidity event, on growing your business, on being prepared. That's where you get with other like-minded people and we talk about the ins and outs of what you're going through, what's happening, and helping each business owner to take it to the next level. Yeah, I think there's enormous power in that because as a, as again, the person running the business, uh, you're right. You can't you can't necessarily go to your employees and, and talk about what you, some of your fears and concerns are. Uh, you may not want to overload your spouse on certain things, but if you can if you can share share those concerns, and also you know I look at it this way too is very in very few cases has someone blazed a brand new trail <laughs> you know there's there's well worn there's well-worn roads to success and uh i think i'm quoting tony robbins here when he says success leaves clues 
And that doesn't say, that doesn't mean to say that you're not doing something beautiful and unique that you're putting your own spin on. But but there's there's plenty of knowledge to be had from people that have that have been down that road, or, or their problem might be something that you've mastered and be able to to share with each other. I think is incredibly powerful. Well, Jeffrey, this was this was a, a wonderful conversation. I know you you snuck me in this week because you are heading down to Hollywood, Florida. Uh, I'm going to be enjoying the warm weather down there. And uh, again, thank you. it means a lot to me that you took time out of your out of your morning there to sit and have this conversation. I think that uh, it was for me, for me anyway, even being around this stuff, I had so many really good takeaways that I plan on you know, going back and listening to this, to this quite a bit, because there are, to me, there's a lot of light bulbs that went off and I can't wait to re-listen to this, to this uh, discussion that we had and, and, uh, and, and continue to learn from it. So thank you so much for joining me this morning. Brian, thank you so much for having me as a guest and for doing what you do and really being a thought leader out there to even have a topic like this for your community, which makes you so unique in my book. So thank you and God bless. You as well. Jeffrey and Brent, this has been fantastic just as a fly on the wall. Again, a lot of light bulb moments, a lot of great wisdom uh, to be taken out of this podcast. I'm glad there's a rewind button for that reason. Again, Jeffrey, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Brent, thank you so much for facilitating this. And our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Smart Money Simplified podcast with Brent Mikosh. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Brent comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at MP Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Smart Money Simplified Podcast. Have any questions about topics covered during the show? Visit www.smartmoneysimplified.com or give us a call at 602-255-0555. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors Incorporated, MP Advisors, LLC, is not a broker slash dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.